Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome on back to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I am Hayden Grove, joined as always by Chris Fedor. And today we are going to start this podcast with um, a very, very sad but also hilarious um, sequence of events that took place last week. Um, If you know Chris Fedor at all, and if you know Chris Fedor over the years, you've you've known that Chris um, has held together by straw and nail and tooth and whatever he can to to maintain his blackberry and last week the blackberry decided that it was time to be discarded so i want to um i want to eulogize um chris fedor's blackberry that i know he held so dearly um, Chris, I, I'm sorry for your loss. Mm. I really just, I, I feel for you because you were the last remaining per- <laughs> person on the planet to have a working BlackBerry. And uh, as of last week, that's no longer the case. I want you to dig into this with us. Okay, so I have to say, I am not the last remaining person. There is somebody else, a notable person in NBA circles that also has a BlackBerry. Love it. Are you allowed to name names or not? Yes, of course, I will. Okay. Former Cavaliers executive, now with the New York Knicks, Brock Aller. Wow, okay. So him and I always talked about our Blackberries. We shared (laughs) a passion for them. Um, And when when my Blackberry died, he was the first person that I reached out to, actually. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. And I wanted to, I just wanted to see if his was still working. I said, hey, man, here's this situation. I'm with Verizon. Verizon said that they no longer support the network that my BlackBerry was on. I think it was a 3G. That's how old it was. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they no longer supported 3G networks, only 4G and above. And my BlackBerry wasn't supported by that. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, is this happening to you as well? Or is your BlackBerry still alive? And he's like, no, mine's very much alive. And I was like, so oh, definitely. No. Like, no, this is not fair. It's not fair that you have a BlackBerry. It still works. And I am forced. I am forced to get rid of mine. See, this isn't my choice. That's no, of course, of course not. No, no. We, that, would, that is not at all what I was saying. No, definitely not. That's what I said to the person at Verizon, too. I was on the phone with them last week. 
and I was speaking my piece and they're like, well, you're, you, you're eligible for an upgrade and you can get this phone and you can get that phone. And I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. This was not my choice. So you can sell me all you want to on a Samsung Galaxy and you can talk about the iPhone and how great it is, but I didn't choose this. So I'm not going to be happy with any outcome here. And the person just started laughing at me over the phone. It was so devastating, bud. I know. I know. I, I texted you and I saw that. So how I found out was I texted you because you were on PTO. I didn't. I didn't know that at the time. Right. I texted you about doing the podcast. And I looked at the usually our te- I have an iPhone. So usually our conversations are in green when you do text messages. Right. Our conversations are in green. And I go to pull up your name and it's blue. And I'm like, uh oh, something happened to the something happened to the Blackberry. I don't know what it is. <laughs> We got to figure this out. Like, what happened? I'm like, wait, what? Like, I, t- I think I texted you, like, why are our conversations blue now? What happened? Yeah. And you told me the story, and I was just like, oh, no. It's yeah. devastating. So, um, so okay, so you you don't have the – I mean, obviously, you still have the physical BlackBerry. Yes, I'm keeping you, it forever. Yes, you can't – now, can you use it for other stuff? No. No, no it's – It will not – it literally will not connect to a network. Ugh. It was, I was in the middle of texting Kelsey Russo from The Athletic because her and I were texting back and forth. It was a little bit before noon on one of the days. Yeah. And then it hit noon on my BlackBerry, and all of a sudden it turned off. And I'm like, okay, well, this isn't good, but because it's so old, this kind of happens a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. The BlackBerry wasn't really working very well at the end of its run. Yeah. Um, it no longer vibrated. The internal speaker was so distorted that when I did interviews with anybody over the phone, I had to put it on speakerphone because I couldn't really understand them well. Sure. Um, and every now and then I'd be on phone calls with people and it would just drop. It would just restart itself like it was corrupt or something like that. So it did that around noon. Um, and I was like, OK, well, this isn't great, but who knows? And then 15 minutes later, it still didn't connect to the network. And I said, well, this is new. So I took the battery out. I looked at the battery. I did everything on my own end. And it still would not connect to a network. So because it can't connect to a network, I can't do anything. The only thing that I can do, Hayden, is I can access my contacts. And I've had to by hand because they couldn't transfer over the data from BlackBerry to the new phone. Um, so by hand, I've been inserting all of my contacts over the oh, last God. Weeks. It's awful. Oh, that sounds brutal. It's terrible. And in addition to everything else that you're going through, it's such a devastating <laughs> time for you um, with the loss of your BlackBerry. You now have to go through and update every one of your contacts in your new phone by hand. Yeah, that's that 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 is a lot. And you have a lot of contacts. I mean, being in the NBA oh. and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, so many. The Jeez. only good news out of this entire thing. And, and there's really not any. This was just, it was such a bad week for me. No. Um, I mean, it's just. And, you, and it was like you're supposed to be your PTO week. You're supposed yeah, to, you know, right. spend time with your wife. Yeah. You know, it looks like you enjoyed, but. My dad's in town from Arizona. Oh, nice. Beautiful. But really, it's just 2020 in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> the, the only good thing is that they allowed me to keep my same phone number. Oh, that's really good, actually. Yeah. Because then you would have had to just like, well, oh, I, I guess, had to reach yeah. out to everybody, yeah. like, and be like, "Hey, uh, this is my new number. Reach me on this number." That's yeah. Right. Oh man, that would have been brutal. So, th- at least you know, this is so definitely a silver lining. 
you got at least you have your same number um, mm -hmm. and you get to keep the physical blackberry mm -hmm. you can you can hang it in on your wall or you know display it for your grandchildren to see one day or your nieces or nephews or whatever and they'll be like what's that okay chris and you'll be like let me tell you a story folks <laughs> <laughs> so what is the new phone do you you went with the um you went with the uh galaxy so i haven't made a firm decision but, oh, but okay. the situation um i didn't know this but i had been paying blackberry insurance okay and because I had so much insurance built up over the last decade, that's how long I had this thing for, they looked at my account and they said, well, you're eligible to get a free Samsung Galaxy 9. And I said, eh, I don't really know how to operate that. That's a whole new thing for me. I can work with an iPhone because I have a work iPhone and I've been using that for the last five years or so. Right. And I'm relatively familiar with how that functions. So I don't really know about the Galaxy. And then they said, well, if you don't like it, because it's a newer model, like you can put that towards the price of an iPhone if you change your mind. So at this point, Hayden, I'm working with a Samsung Galaxy. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to get used to it. There's so many new things that my BlackBerry didn't have that I'm missing. Um, I just haven't made the commitment fully to the Samsung Galaxy. I haven't even bought a phone case for it because in my, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm probably going to turn it in and get some newer iPhone than the other work phone that I have. But the problem yeah. is, who wants two iPhones? I have two iPhones. What's the point, though? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, one is for work. I keep I keep my work stuff separate from my personal stuff, and that's sure. Gonna... That's, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a big like deal. I don't know. I, I think it actually keeps things more streamlined. You can airdrop that way. You can, um, it's easier to text. It's easier to like, you know, get stuff to your computer. I think, I don't know. That's just me. But what I'm saying is when I had the iPhone for work, I had the Blackberry as my personal one. And I liked the fact that I had two different things and they so you can really keep it separate. Yes. Yeah. They functioned okay. in different ways. If I have two iPhones, one might be an eight and the other one might be like a six or something. That's exactly what I have. But but it's but it still functions the same in a lot of ways. So I don't yeah. know that it makes sense for me to carry around two black uh, like if in the past it wouldn't have made sense to carry around two blackberries. Yeah. Like it wouldn't make sense for me to carry around two galaxies. And I don't know that I could sell myself on two iPhones because what's the point? Like, they function the same. I get I, nothing out of it. I get nothing different out of it. Listeners, this is up to you. You can. You need to steer Chris <laughs> in one, one way or the other. I mean, obviously, you know the direction I'm going to go. But, yeah, that makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Like, you could you, – you want some different functions on each phone. You have the iPhone, which has certain functions. You have the Galaxy, which has certain functions. Right. But, uh, again, I just – I've always been an Apple guy, so – I mean, that's just going to be my personal preference. But what do you again, use your personal phone for? What? What do you use your personal phone for? Um, like photos, texting. Yeah, photos, texting. Um, apps. Yeah, apps, social media. I have okay. pretty. Yeah, I. The but I use my work phone, so I have access to all the Cleveland.com social media. So I keep those on my other phone. Oh, uh, gotcha. So you yeah. have. You have different apps on different phones? Yes, yes. Do you have any duplicates? 
I do, obviously. Yeah, I have, I have a lot of duplicates because, yeah. like, obviously, you can still text from your work phone. You still have, um, you know, all the social medias. Um, but yeah, I have. Let's see if let's see if I look at my work phone right now. I mean, I have like all the stuff that we have, like through Cleveland.com. I have Videolicious. Um, none of this stuff I have on my other phone. I'm trying mm. to see, yeah. Okay. So I think I have less less apps on my. And also, I keep my email separate. So my personal phone is Gmail. My other phone is Outlook gotcha. that we use for our country, so, or for our company. So, I mean, it's it's different. It's the same, but it's different. I don't know. Okay. I also have different lock screens to just <laughs> to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> and one and and my my currently my personal phone is cracked through the middle. Like it's oh. the whole screen is just a mess. So gotcha. Yeah, but. So, listeners, and we need, you need to steer Chris in the right direction. Does he go Galaxy? Does he go iPhone? I, I'm not the best person to ask because I've just been iPhone since I was, you know, in, in high school. So, you gotta you gotta steer him in one way or the other. I'm I'm uh, I'm a biased source, but I can totally yeah. see where the Galaxy um, the Galaxy would come into play if you want to have two different phones. But I do want to again eulogize your uh, your beautiful BlackBerry. I know Thanks. that. Yeah, it's it was a tough day for you and <laughs> time of death noon on what monday july 6th yeah Is that i think right? it was yeah i think it was right after fourth of july uh terrible and they Absolutely kept telling terrible. me that they sent me all these text messages with a countdown saying that this was going to happen and they're just lying through their teeth there's no yeah. way it happened because i would have remembered that yeah and i would have had more time with my blackberry to give it a proper morning proper <laughs> proper goodbye proper goodbye <laughs> Buried it in the yard for a day. <laughs> the proper send-off that Tristan Thompson is not going to get from Cleveland because the coronavirus decided to interrupt that. Yes, yes, one hundred percent on that. And I mean, we, you know, we were just talking off the off uh, off. I was about to say off camera, uh, off of the yeah. recording about you know, there's not really much going on in the NBA right now. I mean, in terms of at least in terms of the Cavaliers, the off season, it's early off season. They're getting ready to return to basketball in the bubble. Um, there hasn't been too much news that has come out of the Cavaliers since these signings of uh, Dean Wade and uh, Jordan Bell and Alphonso McKinney. Um, it's just kind of a downtime, isn't it? I mean, there's not really too much to, to dig into in regards to the Cavaliers at this point. Oh, man, there's really nothing. Um, there were a couple of people with the organization that went on vacation last week. They took some time away because... Once they filled up their roster, like that was one of the main things that they had to accomplish this quote unquote off season was to fill up their roster. And they had to figure out if they were going to go to 15, if they were going to leave one of the spots open. So they fill up the roster by going with Jordan Bell and Dean Wade. And, and suddenly there's this downtime now that the Cavs are in. Sure, they can continue to work through free agency targets and they can continue to work through potential trade targets and. Um, they can do more draft prep and all that kind of stuff. They probably don't need to do more draft prep. I mean, that's all they've been doing. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're probably over draft prep right now. They've got to like settle down a little bit and like regroup in about a month or two right. to, to, to remind themselves. Right. So there's this weird downtime that the Cavs are in until the NBA and the Players Association decides if they're going to be some of these things that the Cavs and the Delete Eight are pushing for in terms of mandatory minicamp or OTA. Did you just, you just called it the Delete Eight? That's yep. not bad. That's oh, not I didn't bad. come up with it. People Who came did? up with that months really? ago. Or really? I think, I think it was months ago. The, de the Delete Eight. Delete Eight. <laughs> really good. I don't remember who That's pretty good. came up with it, but whoever did, kudos to them. It's just kind of stuck. 
<laughs> the so, delete aid. I love that. It's really good. It's clever. I wish I would have come up with it. So the bubble is obviously, I mean, there's, you know, stories coming out of the bubble with, in regards to food, in regards to, you know, players getting Postmates and now having to be quarantined. Um, Rajon Rondo's injured his thumb. That seems to be one of the yep. big stories. Have you spoke? I mean, obviously, you know, people down in the bubble. We do, We both do. Um, yep. A couple of former Cleveland.com colleagues down there. Um, have you talked to Joe or Chris or anybody down there that's in the bubble and what have they thought of it so far? I have. I've talked to Joe. Um, he brought his golf clubs. I can tell you that much. Oh, there you go. He also brought three suitcases. Um, and, and the room that he's staying in, in this quarantine period, because he traveled from Cleveland to Orlando is going to be different than the one that he's going to stay in for a majority of the bubble. Um, okay. So I think he's got to get used to that. He's got to figure that out. Um, but it's really, really interesting, Hayden. We, him and I went golfing shortly before he left. And yep. he was telling me all the different protocols that they had to go through and um, all the different um, things that they had to fill out, all the questionnaires that they have to answer on a daily basis and all the, the things that they were going to give him when he got into the bubble. Um, and it's fascinating. And I think what it shows, Hayden, is that um, there is no foolproof plan when it comes to trying to operate in, in the middle of a pandemic. Sure. Uh, but the steps that the NBA has taken here, um, they are detailed. They are well thought out. They brought in a lot of different people to come up with the guidelines to try and make it as safe um, as possible and try and get this season wrapped up. Uh, there are a lot of people that feel like it's not going to happen. People around the NBA, people outside the NBA are really wondering if the NBA can pull this off. But after everything that I've heard from Joe and everything that I've read from people that are down there and people that I've talked to um, around the NBA, um, it just goes to show the lengths that the NBA has gone to to try and make this successful. And, and you don't want to say that there's um, nothing that they've missed because I'm sure there is something that they've missed, but the details are so well thought out that um, I think other organizations would be smart to monitor what the NBA is trying to do here and see if they can implement some of their strategies and ideas. Certainly. I think, I think the NFL probably has the best, I think out of all of these sports, I think the NFL has the best chance of getting this right just because they've had so much time. Yeah. They've, they got, more time. they've got more time. They've had like, they haven't had the, you know, to stop a season and then work through that, you know, they've had the time to do it. I mean, baseball is trying to come back and they're, they got cut off before the season, but they were kind of well on their way. So I think NFL probably is the one that really should be able to do, you know, to implement something to where this can work out. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that said, I, I, I'm, we're 10 days away from opening day here in Cleveland for the Indians. And I'm still not convinced they're going to play. Um, I'm still not convinced that the NBA is going to play. I mean, that, what July 31st is when it starts again. July 30th. First July of all, 30th. Let me say this. I, I think all of these places are going to play, and I don't think that's the question, Hayden. I think the question is whether they're going to finish. Yeah, that's fair. Because that's baseball fair. is going to happen. It's going to start. And, and yeah. basketball is going to happen. It's going to start. My big question is whether they are going to finish. And if they're going to uh, – the PGA Tour is dealing with this, and they've got it easier because it's – a solitary sport in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but the PGA has made the decision, and we've talked about this on the podcast, they've yeah. made the decision 
that if um, somebody tests positive, they're not going to allow that to shut everything down the way that Rudy Gobert's positive test shut down the NBA. The NBA, right. And, and I think the NBA needs to have that mindset. And I think Major League Baseball needs to have that mindset. And the NFL as well. Look, if it gets out of hand and the numbers get ridiculously high where these guys are in danger, okay, then you reevaluate, you reassess. Right. Um, but if one guy like Russell Westbrook tests positive yeah. for coronavirus, then you can't just stop the league. You can't just halt all plans because the reality is as hard as this is until there's a vaccine, everybody, people, sports organizations, leagues, they all just have to figure out a way to live with this as yeah. safely as, and responsibly as possible. Yeah, I, I, and I think the same, I mean, obviously we're not going to try to get into a political discussion here, but no. I, think, I think that's what Governor DeWine said was, you know, this is about living with the virus and figuring out a way to, you know, keep people safe while also trying, you know, not just shutting everything down again. I mean, it's just a very difficult thing. Um, and I think the NBA and the NFL and the ML, Major League Baseball and NHL, I mean, they're all going to have to go through this. Uh, and MLS, golf, I mean, it's, it's going to have to. You're right. I think that's exactly right. you got to find a way to make it as safe as possible without just completely, you know, with living with it instead of right. just shutting everything down. But, I, I mean, it's, from all accounts, I mean, it seems like, as you said, the NBA has done everything in their power to make sure that this thing is going to continue to run as efficiently as possible because they've made sure to put so many, you know, yep. protocols and in, in such in place, which is, I mean, again, it's probably a, something that other leagues do need to look out for. You mentioned golf. Um, what was your, I know you're a, you're, if you don't know by now, um, Chris is a massive Tiger Woods fan. Uh, Tiger playing at the Memorial in yeah. the state of Ohio, baby. Gotta yeah, love that. Oh, I've got my red ready for this weekend. I'm expecting yeah. big things from Tig. <laughs> Big things. You think yeah. a dub? Can he get a dub? I don't this know weekend? about a dub. I don't know about a dub. But if you think about before the coronavirus shut down, like he was hurt, so yeah. this time off, I think, is going to help him. And before he got hurt, he was top ten in I want to say three different tournaments that he played in: the Farmers, the Hero, and the Zozo. So this is a course that he knows really well. He loves the course, and he's going to be healthy and rested. And I think it's going to be a different tiger. So right. I'm expecting big things. I don't know about a dub, man. This is a loaded field. It's kind of like a major championship type field. There is going to be some competitive playing rust that he's going to have to shake off initially. But I would not be surprised top 10. He's amazing. All right. All right. I love it. I love it. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that for next week's podcast. Next, next Monday might be the... Uh, I'll be insufferable if he wins 83 oh. at X place. Are you kidding me? Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to say... I, I'm going to say that next Monday might be uh, might be the Tiger Woods podcast if he celebration wins. Celebration day. Celebration day on Monday. It'll be the exact opposite of today's podcast where we mourn the loss of the BlackBerry. It'll be <laughs> celebration mode with Chris Fedor and uh, and the um, and Tigers win at Memorial. But that will be Hayden. That will be the moment that 2020 turns around. Turns, baby. That's right. <laughs> and Tiger Woods misses the cut in 2020. Oh, <laughs> don't you dare! No, no I, I, I don't think you would miss. I don't think he's going to miss the cut. Enough, I, I don't know. Enough universe. Uh, well, I don't. I mean, actually, unfortunately, I think a lot of people would. Do you think? Do you think there are more Tiger fans or foes now? Do you think there are more people rooting against him or with him? 
if you would have asked me about five, ten years ago, I would have said foes because it was right. still so raw and people yeah. were angry about it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's turned. I think when he won the Masters, it completely turned. For Tiger now. I think when he won the Masters, it completely turned. I think it was a little bit even before that. Hey? Yeah. Because you remember how great he was, and you had to go through, if you were a fan of golf or just a sports fan in general, you had to go through those trials and tribulations of him trying to work himself back to the top. Sure. And I think there's some empathy towards that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he went through a lot. He went through a lot with injury. He went through a lot with, obviously, his personal life. And um, certainly, I think people, fans, kind of saw that he, you know, really had to struggle. So I, I can totally see that for sure. I can 100% he's see more that. personable. Not that yeah. he's like this. I mean, he, his personality there, there, there were really times, really yeah. dry and he's kind of robotic. But he's more personable and open uh, than he used to be. That's right. That's right. And I certainly can see that. And maybe, I don't know, maybe he just feels like the pressure's off. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I think when you're an athlete, you get to a point where you do feel that. LeBron yeah. said it after they won um, the championship against the Warriors. He essentially said everything after um, this in my career is just going to be um, icing on top of the cake. Cake, like, yeah. I've accomplished all of the things that I've wanted to to this point. And that doesn't mean that he would stop chasing championships and he would stop devoting himself to winning championships. But the pressure that came with that, right. he lifted that off his own shoulders when he won the championship for Cleveland. And that freed him up in a way that, you know, he wasn't early on in his career. Early on in his career, and we talked about this on the podcast. He went to Miami because he needed championships for validation. That was the right. only way he was going to get that validation. Right. And I think he needed the validation of getting that Cleveland championship. And then after that, like everything else is just gravy. You talk about a guy who um, you could use the rest. I mean, I think last year was a blessing in disguise for him. Just to, you know, after eight consecutive finals, eight, you know, eight June to what, June to September turnovers, I think it was great for him to, you know, heal from that injury, get that time off, and then now he's got even more time off. I'm, I'm kind of, like, it's like anxious to see what he does when this thing reopens. I mean, I think he, they're all going to – I think every player is going to be kind of chopping at the bit, but I think LeBron's going to be ready to roll. Especially this season, Hayden. Because yeah, because they're playing well, right. One, they're playing well, and two, the conversation slightly – had started to shift away from LeBron and towards Giannis, right? Right. And and to a lesser extent, some of these other guys, Kawhi Leonard and and maybe even uh, Luka Doncic types, the next wave, if you would. And LeBron basically all season long has been using this hashtag washed king. Uh, nobody called him washed. Nobody. <laughs> But he mm, correct. Up in his own mind that he, people, he's very good at making his own narrative. Yes, <laughs> yes, he made it up in his own mind that people were acting like he was washed or thinking that he was washed, and he's out to show, especially in a playoff environment, in the chaotic way that this thing is going, that yo, like, stop talking Giannis, stop talking Kawhi, stop talking Harden and Westbrook and all these other things. Like me, talk yeah. me. <laughs> I'm the center of this. Right. It's, it's certainly. And I think he's shown this year that he's got as much bounce as ever. And he's kind of playing at that level that we were accustomed to in Cleveland. We we're accustomed to, you know, 
in Miami and all that. So he certainly seems to be back on the rise. And I, I doubt, I don't doubt for a second that this time off has motivated him once again, without and, question. And the other thing is, Hayden, he's had access to different yeah. resources oh, yeah. in terms of staying ready than some of these other guys. <laughs> I think he's probably had the most access to resources. Probably, right. <laughs> probably the most access to resources. Yes. I mean, there's a reason he spends $13 million on his body or whatever it is. Right. There was you were, that story from a couple of years ago, but you're exactly right. You're 100% like Some of these right. players have had to call sporting goods places to get um, basketball hoops assembled for them in their driveway. I talked to Larry Nance Jr. about that recently. He didn't have Larry a Nance Jr., who, who could be a guest on our podcast? He could, yes. He didn't have a basketball hoop, Hayden. He had to call a sporting company. To, to get a basketball hoop ordered, number one, and then assembled for him in his driveway so that he could work on his game away from the facility. Could you imagine being Larry Nance Jr.'s neighbor and yeah. being, like, being like, oh, look, Larry's out in the front yard doing his work. <laughs> <laughs> like, or any NBA player, really. Like, you know. I know. Who would, like, who, like, what if he, like, what if one of his neighbors was, like, a kid? Like, I remember Carlos Carrasco was saying that one of his neighbors was a college catcher. And yeah. that's like that he used that he used them like every day. Like imagine like you're like a ten year old kid and you're like, Larry, you want a hoop? Oh yeah, you don't have a hoop. You can come over and use mine in the draft. yeah you, yeah you can use mine. But the but the thing is you gotta I gotta play with you. Right, gotta, right. I'll be your rebounder. We'll sanitize the ball and wear gloves yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Whatever oh it God. takes. I mean somewhere in Atlanta, someone is a neighbor of Colin Sexton watching him out there in the driveway playing yep. one on one against his brother or doing these shooting games. Yeah. That's what these guys have had to do, a lot right. of them, anyway, uh, the well, ones I'm, that followed the rules. Well, I don't think LeBron had to do that. I think LeBron had <laughs> no. his own – he was he was privately working out. He was not – him and Tristan – right, Tristan, Tristan Thompson said he had a, a full court, right? Yes. Yeah, I believe and so. He's got a full workout facility. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's where these guys have the luxury. I mean, Kevin Love obviously had his own facility. Yep. I don't know. Did, did he have a court, though? Yeah, I don't think Kevin has a court, um, but I don't know that for sure. I know I he has a. I know he has a workout area. Yeah, and in, in New his, York, oh, in his house in Cleveland, yeah. And in New York, he's got a place in New York yeah. that he's really beefed up over the years, and he's customized it. I don't know if there's a full court in there, a half court. I don't know what the situation is there. Well, I suppose the good news for him is that he won't have to worry about it until probably October or so. It's going to be a while. Yeah. Speaking of Kevin Love, I'm looking at the uh, cleveland.com slash Cavs website, which is where you can find all of Chris's work. And on very rare occasion, mine, um, especially when these podcasts come out. But the latest news uh, that you can see on the uh, on the cleveland.com, this is how slow it is. The last three stories on cleveland.com. And Chris was off last week, but yes, yeah, so I was off PTO. Thank you very much. Yes, you are. You were off. You were off. But I'm just saying it's slow. It's nothing to do with you. This yeah. is not your fault. Yeah. The last three stories are Rocket, Rockets guard what Russell Westbrook tweets that he tested positive for COVID-19. We addressed that. Kate Bach, girlfriend of Kevin Love, Grace's cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. So congrats to Kate Bach on being the – Is this, this is her first time being on the cover, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a big deal. Like, Huge. you know, I mean, she – I mean, they're – I tweeted this last night. I mean, they're, they're, they're couple goals. That's a power couple right there. Yeah, it's even more iconic because there are three people on the cover, too. Yes, and the time, exactly. The timing of it all uh, and everything that's going on in the world, this is one right. that people aren't soon going to forget. 
No, absolutely. And you, you know, you used to look at what Kevin did with the ESPY award and yep. you know, between all of this, I mean, they're, they're rocking it right now. I mean, I have, I have a couple of friends up in the Hamptons and they've seen the, the two of them in the Hamptons and they're, they're living and enjoying life as they should. Hashtag um, relationship goals. Hashtag relationship goals. Correct. And you, you and Holly are pretty close to that. You're a power couple of your own. Oh, thank so, you. I appreciate oh, absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you guys had some great picks last week of your t- enjoying yourselves. I got to ask, because like we're just going all over with this podcast anyway today, because it, it is just what it is. Um, you went kayaking, right? On the, on the uh, Cuyahoga River. Yes. Was when, that inspired by me or was that just in general? No, that was just in general. I, see, I went kayaking, though, and, like, three people asked me, including our good friend uh, who works for the Cavaliers. I mean, I don't know if I'll say her name, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. She, and her, she and her boyfriend went, and she asked me about it. Uh-huh. And I was, like, I was like, oh, yeah, like, if you want to go, it's great. Like, it's cheap. And she called me, and I was like, she's perfect. And then I see her on there. I'm like, look, I'm getting people out and about in downtown Cleveland. But, um, but I'm glad to see you went. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? We've been trying to go kayaking in this area for a number of years because when we go on vacations, we went to Antigua, we went to Mexico, we did kayaking on both of those trips. Uh, by the way, single kayaks, not doubles, yes. because yes. communication is a problem with the double kayaks. Yeah, you got yeah, you got to be in sync or else you're going to be like yes. spinning in circles. Yes, because turn does not tell you which way to go. <laughs> turn right, turn left, right. paddle right, paddle left, like all that. It's it's a little bit too in-depth for us to, to thrive in that kind of environment. Sure. So we've been wanting to go um, around here, and we just couldn't find the right place to do it. I guess we could do Emerald Necklace and Rocky River. Yeah. But uh, Rocky River's just, nice, yeah. Yeah, we decided to go yesterday downtown. I forget the name of the place. I wish I would have remembered it. You know what? I can pull that up. I, can, I think I can pull that up because, yeah, we, it's right on the Cuyahoga River, right next to um, Music Box Shooter. Supper Club, right? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, next to, yeah, right there. Right by Shooters, right by Music Box. I forget the name of it, but, but the guy that was working that day, um, he recognized me and he is said, it, Is it Great, Lake, Great, Great Lakes Water Sports? Yes, Great Lakes Water Sports. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Great Lakes Water Sports. Yeah. Give us a, give us a, sponsor us. <laughs> My guy said I was his favorite. Oh, they're even better. Yeah. That's awesome. Did he give you yeah. a free ride? <laughs> I, I did not because it was after the fact. Holly filled out all the paperwork and I signed it on the back. And I don't think he put two and two together until he flipped it over and looked at my name on the back. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Well, I'm glad, glad you enjoyed. Did you go now? You can go like down the river towards. We went right. Down. You we went, went right. right. Okay, you didn't go to the lake. No, no. Yeah, we went to the lake. Out there with all the boats. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It was a nice day though yesterday. It hasn't been as hot. I got fried. Hasn't been as hot. Oh yeah. I was out there for a friggin' hour and I got fried. Aye, aye, aye. If I go anywhere without sunscreen, it's ridiculous. I, I can't. I, I don't tan. I just burn. It's you just burn. Important. Yeah. Well, Holly's pretty tan. She's yeah. she's got some tan. That's true. Um. All right, so I suppose that because this is a Cavaliers podcast, we can hit one or two things. Um, I do want to say, though, um, that you should sign up for subtext if you are listening. Uh, that is the only way to uh, get your questions into the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. Um, how it works, Chris Feeder will text you two to three times a day with the inside scoop and analysis on the Cavs. Maybe a little less now that things are a little slowing down a little bit, and I think that you'd be okay with that. But um, certainly it's a great resource to have. 
Um, we'll text you the big breaking news first, even before it's up on Cleveland.com or on Twitter. Uh, text directly, and you can cut through the clutter of Facebook, Twitter, other social media, and avoid the trolls. Only way to get your questions in, as I said, to the Wanted Gold Talk podcast. It's a 14-day free trial. You can cancel at any time, but you won't want to. $3.99 a month, less than 14 cents a day. And uh, it's a perfect time to join as the NBA resumes and things are, you know, happening. And Chris will have some inside scoop from the bubble, I'm sure, even if the Cavaliers aren't in it. So to join, go to joinsubtext.com slash Cavs Insider. Easier yet, text Chris 216-208-4499. 216-208-4499. And that way you can get your questions into the podcast as the NBA season resumes and as the Cavaliers continue to look towards the draft and maybe even any free agent or trade um, targets. Um, there is one little bit of Cavs news that I wanted to hit on just because, you know, he's, he was a lovable player in Cleveland. Uh, looks like Ante Zizic is not going to come back to the Cavs. Looks like he's going to be going overseas. Is that what you are hearing? Yeah. I mean, Ante was never in the Cavs plans sure. this off season to begin with. They were ready to move on from him. They didn't pick up his option. Everything was headed this way. The Cavs internally have felt for a long time that he would make a lot more sense overseas. He could probably be one of the better players overseas, given the style um, and given how talented and young he still is. It's just his style doesn't fit what the Cavs want to do. His style doesn't fit where the NBA is going. And the Cavs, um, if they're looking at a third center or something like that, Hayden, they want somebody with a little more switchability, with a little more versatility, with a little bit more athleticism. And that's ultimately why they decided to go the route of Jordan Bell. He can play small ball five. He can play four in some lineups. Um, and it was just hard to find, one, playing time for Ante, and two, a fit for Ante um, around the other bigs that they have on this roster. So he can't officially sign with Real Madrid because he's still technically under contract with the Cavs. Um, until the end of this season? Until October. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah because it, it used to be, what, June 30th, I want to yeah. say? Yeah, June 30th. But all these guys are Matthew Della Vadova, Tristan Thompson. They're technically under contract with the Cavs because the, yeah, season the not over. doesn't officially end until, like, October. Right. Um, now, I have heard that there is a way for Ante to get around this um, just because of the craziness of this. They are making concessions sure. for a lot of these guys, including guys that want to go overseas and play. Um, but everything that I know is that he hasn't he hasn't taken those steps yet. Got it. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be a difficult time. Is, is there any way the Cavaliers could, like, terminate his con- – well, not terminate, but, like, I don't know, buy out his contract or something? No. Uh-huh. No? Okay. No. I, I, it's on Ante's end, a step yeah. that he would have to take um, okay. to essentially uh, be able to latch onto a team and play this season – um, for whatever team it is, let's say it's Real Madrid, because that that seems to be the one that he's got a verbal agreement with. Uh, so it's just a weird situation overseas, too, because yeah. not all of these leagues have restarted. So when do they start? When do they start overseas? I mean, and now with everything going on, I mean, when are they going to start that season? I have no idea. No idea. Me neither. The Israeli yeah. league returned. Oh, OK. They're playing. Because draft prospect Denny Avdia is playing and he's balling, actually. 
There you go. Now, now it's not EuroLeague competition, so people have to put that in perspective. It's Israeli basketball. The competition right. is different. The guys that return to play are different, too, in some cases. Sure. Um, but he's improved his shooting percentage. He's getting more playmaking responsibilities. And most importantly, he's playing competitive basketball, Hayden. So Denny, specifically because the Israeli league decided to restart and allow basketball again, he's going to be further along, one, in his development, and, and two, in his readiness, than a lot of these other guys that the Cavs or any, any other team could draft this year. Some of these guys, college basketball players, Hayden, they're not going to have real basketball competition for close to a year. Yeah. That's a long time to go without that. And it was going to be tough for a rookie in this climate anyway. And now you toss in that. And from a preparedness standpoint, Denny all of a sudden makes a lot more sense than some of these other guys because yeah. he's able to play competitively right now. Right. I guess it's about whether you're looking long-term or you're looking you know, for an immediate impact. Right, but he could be the perfect blend. Yeah, he could, right. He could be. You're right. You're right on that. Right, because sure. he's 19 years old, and you yep. feel like he's going to get better as he matures. Um, and on top of that, he's been playing professional basketball for the last three, four years, and he's playing more recently than some of these other college kids. Yep. So he, in a way, threads the needle between the two, which is fascinating, and is going to make for a healthy debate leading up to the draft. Not just for the Cavs, but for other teams that are in need of a wing like that. Right. And we will have plenty of time to talk about the draft <laughs> coming up in later this year in October, I believe. Or wait, the draft is, I get confused. Yes, October. October. All right. So I also saw a video of uh, LaMelo Ball getting <laughs> shots up. Uh-huh. That jumper is weird. Weird. Yeah, they're they're gonna if wh- whichever team takes him, I don't know. I don't know if you do you mess with it or do you just let it? I mean, you know, I mean, I think Lonzo kind of did a little bit of both. Yeah, messed with it a little bit, but still was kind of that like other side of his head thing. Yeah. <laughs> so what would I, you do there? I talked to an evaluator that's been watching Lamelo and Denny and a lot of these other guys for a number of years now, and the term that was used for Lamelo's shot was broken. Now, this is just one person's evaluation of it. And then when I asked about Denny, because his shooting percentages were low as well, um, the person told me that he thought it was fixable. So I think that's what you have to look at. Like, is the form correctable or is it something where you feel like it's broken and it's never going to be fixed? Like Michael Kidd Gilchrist... um, if you remember when he came out of the draft, he went second overall in part because of his intangibles, in part because of his defense. But his shot has never been one that is reliable enough to get him consistent playing time. So you have to determine if it's a correctable flaw or if it's a fatal flaw. And I would say the only way that you know that for sure um, is one, by evaluating the guy for a number of years over a long length of time. Two, getting in his head to see if he's willing to work on mechanics, how much he's willing to change his shot. And three, like how much of a work ethic does he have? Is he somebody who's going to go in there and work and work and work and work to change his form and make it um, one that is reliable and repetitive enough where he can thrive in the NBA? 
So the only way that you know those questions is really by talking to the kid. Yeah, and I mean, they'll be able to do that through probably through Zoom and all that. I don't know if they'll be able right. to do that through in person, which is crazy. But I, mean, I will we... say this, Hayden, and, and I texted this out to my subtexters um, earlier today. Beautiful. If you look at the Cavs' history, and if you talk to anybody inside the organization, they seem to believe that, that shooting is something that can be fixed with proper NBA coaching. And they've got so many good shooting coaches around the NBA yep. um, that they feel like that's something that, that they can work with. You know, Colin Sexton, when he came into the NBA, the knock on him was his jumper. And would his shot be good enough? Or would teams always go under screens and stuff like that? And look at Colin now. Yeah. Colin now is a career 39% three-point shooter in his first two years in the NBA. Nobody thought he would be this advanced. But he continued to work on it. And now, all of a sudden, he's a reliable outside shooter. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. had a funky shot. It was weird-looking. It didn't really go in in the short um, data that the Cavs had from, from him at USC. Uh, but the Cavs were willing to take him because they thought it was something that could be corrected. Court vision, they don't believe can be corrected. Either you have it or you don't, right? So I just think the Cavs, by nature, are willing to take these guys with question marks about their shot more so than with question marks about other tools, if that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. And not only question marks about tools, I mean, you know, it's about, it's about as you said, it's about work ethic and character. Is he yes. willing to, is he willing yep. to put in the work to get that shot better? Yep. Um, obviously Colin Sexton by all accounts is more than willing to do that. So certainly that's something that, um, the Cavaliers were interested in and that's why they took him. And I think that's why they've, you know, they, they honed in on the guys they've honed in on because those are the guys that are going to, um, you know, like I said, put in the work and put in the time to maybe make an effort to change what they need to change. Yep. All right, Chris, um, anything else from this potpourri of a podcast today? I mean, we were all over the place, but again, it's that time of year. We're, we're just, we're going to, we're kind of enjoying some, uh, some enjoying the summer, enjoying the time off from the Cavaliers at this point. Anything else from you? No, I don't think so. Just continuing to work on these player season recaps. Yeah. Reflect on the season a little bit. Yes. So check out Cleveland.com slash Cavs to check out all of Chris's uh, season player recaps. I think you have Kevin Love, Darius Garland. Yeah. Cam's done a lot of them, too. Cam Fields. Yeah, Cam Fields. Shout out to Cam Fields for sure. He stepped in while I was on PTO and he held it down. Did one on uh, Jetty Osman, Alfonso McKinney. I believe he did the one on Darius Garland as well. So you can check out all of those on Cleveland.com slash Cavs. Beautiful. Thanks. Shout out to Cameron Fields, a great man. All right. Um, again, once again, we do want to just pay respects uh, as we end the podcast. <laughs> Should we end it in prayer um, to the phone gods for um, allowing Chris such beautiful times with his BlackBerry? And unfortunately, those times have ended. So um, uh, if you could spare uh, like uh, uh, half a second to think of Chris's BlackBerry, I'm sure he would appreciate it. It was a good run. It was a good run. It was a very good run. But Cut too short, though. <laughs> Cut too short. You... <laughs> you out, you outlasted like ninety nine percent of the world, and it was cut too short. <laughs> I think you you like stretched it as thin as possible. What do you mean it's cut too short? <laughs> I think it's the exact opposite. You just like you just like ran out of rope. There was just like one little thread hanging off of this rope, and you just couldn't. There was just finally no more. Oh, apparently, tr- apparently, Brock Oller's rope is a little bigger than yours. But, I know. I my know. goodness, Lucky. that's crazy. 
What a lucky guy he is. Yeah, gets a new job, gets to go to New York, gets, yeah. gets to keep his iPhone, making more money. I can't even can't even begin to 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 imagine how jealous you are. <laughs> my only other option, Hayden, was to switch carriers and buy my own BlackBerry on the black market. Um, but then I would have had to change my number, and I just wasn't going to go that direction. Yeah, that's that's really hard, especially yeah when you have as we said with all your contacts. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep you updated on uh, the Chris Fedor phone fiasco. Um, as that's that's how we're going to call it, though. We're going to call it the Chris Fedor phone fiasco because that's what it is. It's it's a horrible horrible thing that has happened to you, and uh, we're going to keep Damn you right. updated on it. So, Damn right. So if you're listening, keep uh, you got to give Chris the uh, the. What am I trying to say? Got to give him the best option, be it the uh, Samsung Galaxy or the iPhone. I mean, I'm an iPhone guy, but you can give him a better idea because you probably know more about it than I do. So keep on listening. Keep Chris uh, informed about his decision because I know it's a big one for him after this tragic loss. Um, Thank you for joining us on the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. Enjoy another beautiful day in Cleveland, Ohio, and we will talk to you next week. Hopefully, Um, hopefully Larry Nance Jr. will join us, right? Yeah, that's the hope. All right. So that'll be fun. We can talk to him about. Sometime in the near future. He committed to it. It's just finding a day that's going to work for everybody. Beautiful. And we, we can try to do that. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Take care.